Hello, everybody. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. Should be joined by Juan O'Saban a little bit later. Uh, ran into some difficulties with his phone, so hopefully you'll get those fixed. And uh, I guess he's down in Antarctica somewhere, so hopefully you know, we get some good info for him from him here shortly. In the meantime, I'm going to just uh, talk about what's going on uh, in the world. Uh, I hope you guys, those of you, I mean, free will here. Although I have basically been showing you guys that the, you know, uh, all the games, the bread and circus games, remember Rome, bread and circus, uh, gladiator uh, events and so forth. Now, of course, we have uh, professional sports. Uh, professional sports are rigged. I've been showing that for a long time. Uh, so if you're still, you know, watching that, like I said, it's free will, but basically it's lower consciousness and you're supporting, uh, the deep state, right? So, so some of you guys are like, you don't care. I know that. Uh, but that's why we stay in this rut, right? And we don't break free because people stay in the old ruts, uh, and they, uh, you know, subscribe to the bread and circuses that are out there. Of course, the bread and circuses are pretty much, uh, in everything, so during the bread and circus, you know, we have the, you know, I, I don't, wa- I didn't watch it at all. I didn't turn it on. I don't watch them anymore. Uh, Tom, Tom Brady, you know, when he left the Patriots and went to the pirate team, I basically said that Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, I, I, that year I said that Tom Brady would be the MVP and that the pirates, you know, cause we're in pirate law. And all these people that are running the show, a bunch of pirates, Nazis, whatever. Uh, and they uh, were going to win. And I said, the the way that I know this is because I've seen this when I worked for the CAA. I saw them, you know, uh, and when I was in Pakistan, basically somebody got in the car, was talking to one of the case officers and said, uh, yeah, the, the cricket games are all rigged and blah, 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 blah. Well, Lo and behold, a couple weeks later, Mockingbird Media there in Pakistan basically came out and said their cricket games were rigged. Did that stop the Pakistanis from going to cricket games and loving their cricket? No, of course not. Uh, and I know a lot of Americans, it didn't stop you either. Now, on top of that uh, is the fact that many people, myself included, have been pointing out that the Super Bowl is the highest, highest traffic uh, sporting event in the world on that day. Highest traffic, human trafficking, child trafficking, all of it. Yet a lot of people still support that. Probably a billion people or more watch that Super Bowl game, right? So you guys want to break free from this system, but you keep supporting the system. All right, so we also had, uh, what's, what's that witch's name? Taylor Swift, yes. So we also had the Taylor Swift. All of her concerts looked like some kind of witch cauldron event. <laughs> so, but yet you guys still love Taylor Swift, and she gulped down uh, some witch's brew, and it just like exploded all over the internet. Right? It just got shared like crazy. You guys just love this stuff. People just love this stuff. It's unbelievable to me. Right? But it is what it is. Uh, I know a lot of people, a lot of you that watch this show, 
uh, are trying to help people wake up. Maybe you still watch the game. You don't care either. It's it's up to you. It really is. Uh, but quite frankly, like I said, it's lower consciousness. If you guys stay in that lower consciousness, you're not allowing yourself to uh, you know break free from the system and raise your consciousness. Now, let's look at Texas. Remember, Texas just recently started pushing back on the federal government. And why was that? That's because those of us that are paying attention to the bread and circus went out there, mostly on our own dime. We're pretty much on our own dime. I can't imagine uh, anyone not paying for that. I mean, who who got supported by that? Nobody, right? There's many of us that went out there and supported that. Now, a lot of you couldn't do it. So there's those of us that are out there doing it. Now, I see in the chat and so forth, many of you are frustrated. You feel like you're not doing enough. If you're actively participating in these shows in watching you're 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 doing good now on top of that if you're praying for good results that is another massive step in the right direction now if you can't support it any other way that's great you're supporting it by watching the shows and if you share them i know it's tough because many of you have very compromised relatives and friends uh, but if you do share it, that is the, another step in the right direction because this is an information war that we're in. If we can convince enough people that this is extremely corrupt, then we we basically, it collapses. It collapses on itself. And that's ultimately what we want to do. All right. So so all of us that are re, you know revealing all this information, it, it makes a massive difference. Uh, those of you that share it, another massive difference. Those of you... Uh, that continue to watch, massive difference. And those of, of you that support it in whatever way you can, another massive difference. And that could that could support can come from prayer is one of the most valuable and powerful things that we can do right now. So connection to source and helping to uh, move this in the right direction. All right, so the bread and circus, it's going to continue as long as you guys support it, right? So I guess Biden came out uh, at some point and revealed that, you know, the reason why we have such massive inflation is because of corporations. Not the federal government's doing. Of course, it's the federal government that's doing it, uh, the Federal Reserve and so forth. But uh, it's the corporations. So it's a communist theme again. All right. Remember how Russia basically broke free from communism? Vladimir Putin just had a show with Tucker Carlson where he talked about that. He said that we broke free from communism and we wanted to be a uh, part of the world, uh, you know, trading and so forth. But the West has basically come after us and pushed against us. Right. Uh, because of, I believe a very Luciferian uh, negative aspect that they're, that they push. Now to give you an idea of how they always attack, uh, you know, people that believe and so forth. We just had uh, a trans transgender that went into Joel Osteen's church, which is one of the biggest mega churches in the world right now. And Houston, Texas, right? So they're after Texas because uh, Texas is pushing back. And we'll go into a little bit more of that here in a minute. But this trainee with a, holding a child, came in and started shooting up the church. 
Uh, fortunately, uh, just one man was wounded. But in response, uh, this trainee basically was hit and the child she was holding was hit and looks like that child won't recover, right? Uh, it was not going to make it, unfortunately. So this is this is the world of Joe Biden, right? That's Joe Biden's world. That's the, you know, bread and circus, you know, old Rome, you know, here we have it again in the United States. And uh, there's seems to be a lot of support for that still. All right. So, uh, so back to Texas. Now imagine Texas, because uh, Texas basically when we said that we were going to peacefully demonstrate, not like we did in, in Washington, D.C., which is a compromised city-state. The worst illegal city-state in the world is D.C., Washington, D.C. It's a city-state, like Vatican City state, like the city of London city-state, right? Uh, so, of course, the Vatican is the the control system for religion. Okay, religion is a very big control system, as we know. And then we have the uh, city of London, which is the monetary control system. And here in the United States, we have the um, military control system. So the military strong arm of the deep state, right, of all those other city states. So we peacefully demonstrated on January 6th. I was there as well, just like I was on this convoy. Uh, we peacefully demonstrated and they destroyed that. They came in and attacked that narrative uh, and tried to destroy that narrative. And over 1,100 people are in gulags right now uh, that were that's, that were there participating, that were lured into the Capitol. And because they went into the Capitol, now they're in, they're in, a, in a jail cell. And some of these people uh, have been charged, of course, raided by the FBI in their homes, drug out, taken to prison to D.C., which is an unbelievably corrupt city. You don't go to D.C. Do not allow yourself to go to D.C. Because once you're in D.C., they can do anything they want to you there. They have complete power and complete control. So of all of those over 1,100 people that have gone to trial in D.C., only one has been acquitted. The rest are in prison. And they're going after more guys. They're going after more. All right, so get a good lawyer uh, and resist. Do not go with the council that they will appoint for you because it's all rigged. They're all in on the take, right? So don't do it. All right. So here in Texas or in Texas and, uh, where I was in Arizona and California and New Mexico. So all of these basic places where there's illegal crossing of the border, uh, there was a pushback and there was no repercussions was there because that is America that's not the city state of DC where they have control right so in America they didn't dare pull any of that right because we have good sheriffs out there that were with us uh good uh you know people that are in federal government that are good right and many of us uh law-abiding citizens uh that had uh concealed carry and open carry in Arizona, you can have open carry. So I was open carry in Arizona, even though I have concealed carry, right? So there is, uh, there were a lot of us, a lot of us there. So there was no hinky-pinky. Uh, imagine that. 
because they only go after people because you can't have a, a gun in D.C. All right. So uh, maybe you hide it in D.C., but you, you can't have concealed carry and you can't have open carry. There is no constitutional Second Amendment in Washington, D.C. So don't go there. All right. If you can't have constitutional rights in Washington, D.C., like the First Amendment, freedom of expression, which we did on J6, yet they came after us. Do not go to D.C., period. It is a corrupt place, and everything that comes out of it is corrupt. So back to Texas, back to beautiful Texas. So Governor Abbott, when he heard that we were uh, you know, going to basically peacefully protest, that's when he got activated. Maybe he was waiting for that. Maybe there are elements that are waiting. We're waiting for the American public to rise up. Now, in Europe, they have risen up. They are pushing back on the deep state massively. The farmers all over Europe, all over Europe, are basically protesting all the taxation because they're basically trying to put uh, uh, farmers out of business and completely shut them down. So everybody has to eat crickets and uh, and do 3D food. All right. So uh, these, these are... These are very uh, evil times, but there's a way that we win. And that winning is that the white hats get involved. Who are the white hats? That is us. We are the white hats, right? Stop waiting for someone to come save you, right? You are your savior. We are our savior. That was an event that basically got things moving, got things activated. So Texas, pushing back on the deep state uh, body regime and putting up more Bob wire when they were told to take it down. So not only did they do that, but they basically kicked uh, the federal government, uh, U.S. Border Patrol and so forth, uh, out of a park where they were trying to uh, allow illegal aliens to come into our country. Uh, illegal border trafficking, all right? Illegal. What part of illegal? So what is the military supposed to do? It's supposed to protect us from invasion, first and foremost. First and foremost. So now Texas is basically doing that. Texas is doing that. They're building more border wall, I guess, than Trump did. They're putting up barbed wire in areas where it's it's open. There are definitely, because people have gone around and, and showed it, that there are still open areas. And uh, that's, that's very frustrating. So Texas, are they going to go with the, you know, the BRICS? Are they going to go to the bricks? Because Russia said, hey, we'll help you out. We'll help you out if you need it. Just like we did during the Revolutionary War. If your federal government comes after you, we will have Russia. So it's not, Russia is not, is not the enemy, guys. Russia is not the enemy, right? So who is the enemy? I'm looking at China. China seems to be the enemy to me, right? And that doesn't mean... Z is the enemy. Maybe like Z, Z has a lot of deep state activity around, or maybe even Z himself is deep state. I don't know. But uh, there's definitely uh, a lot of people that have been paid off, paid off in our government, in our all of our government systems by the Chinese. Totally compromised. Chinese military-aged men are coming across the border more than any other group that's coming across the border the last several months. Right, so that is another reason why we need to shut that down. Why the military should be involved in protecting our border, protecting American citizens. So, you know, it's very, very frustrating, of course. Uh, 
So all the things that China had plans to do to win a war against us, one of those was a bioweapon. What happened? COVID-19 was a bioweapon from China. And uh, we're going to see that, you know, that was definitely one of the major problems uh, that happened for us. So here we have uh, one of the seven uh, is joining us. So Juan, how are you doing? Hey, bro. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. I was just talking about uh, how Russia is not the enemy, that the Chinese, you know, with the, the bioweapon and, you know, sending the uh, illegal Chinese across the border more than anybody else and paying off all our politicians. They seem to be more of the threat than Russia. What do you think? It, you know, we've talked about this before, and uh, I, I've, I've said this for, you know, over 30 years now. Um, when we collapsed the Soviet Union, um, and it was, it was actually painful for me at the time, the Russian people were never the threat. In fact, the Russian people at uh, street level actually appreciated what America did to, you know, take out this uh, corrupt government that was running them. And uh, unfortunately, with the first Bush administration, uh, and they, instead of coming over and, and doing what we had originally intended to do, which was help them go from a, a wartime uh, uh, economy, kind of like our military-industrial complex, uh, into, you know, an industrial, you know, producer. Uh, we instead sent them Playboy. And uh, they had already been devastated with what happened in Afghanistan amongst their young men. They'd lost quite a few people. And then uh, uh, we fought pretty hard with them uh, with their guys down South America, um, uh, Nicaragua and, and other locations. And so instead, uh, the West, uh, predominantly the United States came in and exploited, uh, literally, uh, the women and young girls. And, uh, it was a very desperate, desperate period. Now it wasn't us alone. They had their own oligarchs, uh, Yeltsin and crew. And you really had, uh, the Gorbachev mob, and uh, uh, then you had the Yeltsin mob, and they were they were pretty uh, greasy, slimy, uh, horrible, really. Um, uh, what Putin did in Russia was he uh, he helped them to get their sense of value, self worth back up. Now, look, I'm not. I'm not a commie lover. I don't want to freaking live in Russia. I don't want to live under Putin. I'm not kissing up to that whole thing. But the other side of the coin is uh, they have a particular culture. You know, we've been allies uh, in the past, and even with the, the corrupt politics, the, the people of Russia, you know, uh, you know we're, we're pretty integrated at a lot of levels. They are actually a, a natural ally. Um and I would also say that uh, they have been exploited uh, much as we have here in the West by very so the same people. And uh, what Putin was trying to do was bypass a media blockade and get to the American people like we had to bypass their controls to get to the Russian people 
uh, during the Cold War. And Putin, while I'm not, you know, his biggest fan or something like that, there's plenty of rocks you can throw at Putin on all sorts of issues. The reality is Putin was screaming bloody murder for over a decade about the biolabs in Ukraine, that those biolabs were, uh, and he did it in the UN. This isn't hidden stuff. Those biolabs were targeting the genetics of the Russian people. And so that, uh, uh, those genetics, um, you know, those unique genetics, it's like a James Bond movie, a couple of them. And uh, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, one of my favorite uh, Bond movies about, uh, uh, you know, targeting genetically. And then uh, the most recent Bond movie uh, where uh, genetics was, was part of that whole thing. Putin was screaming bloody murder. He's absolutely correct. And we in the West, American taxpayer money was being used in large measure to fund that atrocity. So uh, our hands aren't clean on this. And uh, Putin, Putin um, in what happened there with Tucker, uh, part of the issue to Mike is this. Um, we, we pushed Russia real hard to, you know, lighten up, join the free world. Uh, they built the pipelines, sell energy into the West. They were totally decimated. They were wiped out uh, at the end of the Cold War. Took them over a decade and a half to kind of refine their footing again. They got uh, things going a bit. They pushed back against some of the same people that you, uh, people in this audience, are screaming bloody murder about. They had to push back against them and uh, uh, found their way. They built the, the Nord Stream. They're, they're trying to push oil and gas into Europe and uh, which Europe needs at reasonable enough prices. And now Putin earlier said, by the way, that it was the Brits that blew up Nord Stream. And uh, I believe it was absolutely correct. It was uh, uh, kind of a cover thing that was done within the NATO community to uh, get the story out there that uh, was first, that it was... Uh, a, a U.S. operation, and uh, if you actually look at all the stuff, it may have had some support here, but it was really uh, a little bit broader than that. So, anyway, I, I, uh, uh, you know, before it's all over with, and of course, Trump has has talked about this even in the last few days. You know, Putin might have to, you know, do some nasty stuff dealing with a couple of these NATO countries that have lost their mind that want to take the world to war, war in Central Europe. You and I have talked about this numerous times, and here we are. So, am I saying anything that doesn't doesn't click with you or, or, or the audience here? Am I missing anything here? No, that's good. I, I, I like that you uh, kind of like, you know, went a little bit deeper on, because a lot of people have thought, and myself included, that it was U.S., but it uh, that's kind of like opens uh, another Pandora box, if you will, uh, that uh, Britain might have been involved in it more than uh, we believe. So that, that's what I love about having you on. You you have a deeper insight. Uh, your, the groups that you have been involved in over time uh, definitely are real. Uh, I, I know that your information is uh, cutting edge and probably a lot further out than most people want to understand or believe. Uh, there's 
there's Tina Peters, I guess, is in the, uh, it looks like she might be on the chat. Uh, you know, she's undergoing some, uh, some real problems in Colorado. So kind of moving in that direction for, uh, you know, uh, the election stuff. What do you, what do you think about all that? Hey, Mike, uh, give me a second here. I, I seem to have lost our audio for one second. Let me, let me pull back in and see if I can get that sorted out. I apologize. No problem. So it looks like one is kind of like in and out. So we'll, uh, we'll just kind of like play it the best we can. I mean, pretty far out there so it's amazing that he actually can come in so that was a nice little reveal uh as far as like you know hey maybe the brits were the ones that blew up the pipeline and not the u.s because everybody's pointing at the u.s you know everybody was saying ukraine did it but ukraine doesn't have the capability of doing that uh there's only a couple couple uh you know groups out there that could have the ability to you know go down to those depths and and blow that up and so then you have to ask yourself why would uh, the Brits do that. Well, it's, you know, NATO, the Brits, uh, you know, us, it's all, it's all part of the same, uh, organization, uh, that we're all trying to expose and defeat through narratives. So narratives like what Juan is revealing here, uh, can make a powerful and a massive difference, uh, can basically, you know, destroy, you know, what they're trying to create. Uh, so on a, on a creation realm, you want to be able to control uh, narratives. So narratives are very, very important. So nice to you there, Juan. Yeah, I apologize. That was my fault. I bumped something and, and it was uh, my fault. So it was, you know, nobody did anything nefarious other than I bumped the, <laughs> the speaker thing. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, that looks beautiful out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually a beautiful day. Uh uh, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, we had, uh, 22 foot seas, uh, last night Ooh. and, uh, wow. 55 an hour winds. And then, uh, it calmed down quite a bit here and actually became halfway reasonable again. So, um, I'm glad I wasn't, uh, on a smaller boat. That would have been, uh, that would have been, uh, testy. I think the biggest I ever was in, in my own was, uh, about 18 foot seas and that was a handful. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, uh, uh, you know, the guys go up fishing up North like that, they'll get into just monsters, <laughs> you know, that, uh, I don't ever want to be in myself really. But, uh, anyway, um, did they, did they say anything there that, that didn't click with where we've talked before within the audience? I think that's pretty repetitive that, uh, you know, we've been, uh, I believe Russia um, was working its way to be a um, somebody we could work with in the West moving forward. And the leadership there, while I wasn't, you know, their best friend in the world, hey, if they're a bit competitive, you know, so are we. If you get right down to it, we're the ones that wanted the, uh, you know, close off the Soviet Union and, and, uh, keep them in some you know very controlled state forever and and uh, that probably isn't gonna last at some point you know we all gotta live and let live and uh try to come up with ways that we can work together they have a different culture it's different than ours uh you know but uh the russian people look at how many 
look at how many guys married Russian wives. Uh, they're over here in the West and uh, their kids, uh, Alaska, you know, a huge percentage of the population. Um, you know, we get along with the Russians. Uh, we're competitive. We're out of the Cold War. Somebody wants us fighting each other. That's what it really comes down to. It suits right. somebody's purpose for us to be at each other's throat. And uh, uh, as Putin said early on, it was the Brits that blew up Nord Stream. And uh, they're the ones that have been pushing hard to get uh, uh, Ukraine. Uh, uh, you know, they put $10 billion, $10 billion with a B over 10 years uh, into Ukraine through the World Economic Fund. Uh, to uh, cause a uh, color revolution in Ukraine, and then they got one. And uh, that's what Putin was trying to get across to Tucker. I don't think, I don't think that Tucker, um, he was exactly the right person to do the interview. Let me just say that right off the top. But I don't think he fully grasped um, what he was, uh, what Putin was trying to get across to him. He didn't have that history uh, fully to kind of grasp where Putin was going with this whole thing and why that history was important. I do think there'll be another interview with Putin and it will, he'll, he'll have boned up more on that. But in his defense, he didn't know where Putin might go on this. So he got a little bit blindsided. He went and think he was doing one type of an interview and Putin wanted to lay groundwork that they could then have an interview on. And uh, I think Putin thought that Tucker would have maybe known some of this material better than he did when he got there. So, uh, but anyway, just food for thought. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh, he, he basically, you know, outlined that uh, Ukraine is, especially Kiev, is, has been part of uh, Russia for a very long time, all the way back into the 800s. Uh, and, uh, you know, how, how this played out over time. Uh, and then, of course, Ukrainians, I, I've been pointing this out, a lot of people have been pointing out that Ukrainians in New York basically funded uh, the, the collapse of uh, Russia by the, Soviet, by the Soviets uh, or Ukrainians or Nazis or whatever you want to call them, uh, deep state communists. Uh, and then those same Ukrainians were pretty much in power uh, during the Soviet Union. And they gave a lot of, uh, you know, benefits to Ukraine at the time. And then, you know, the Russian people rose up with their help and, uh, and I collapsed that Soviet empire. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So now Russia again is pushing back on the Nazis, just like they did during World War II. That's exactly right. I see. I mean, <laughs> you might've been done, done a better job than, uh, Tucker would have on the interview with uh, with what you know, but of course the the, the whole public, yeah. especially within kind of our audience, Mike, has been boning up on this, and uh, so Putin has succeeded in accomplishing what he really wanted to accomplish was to bypass the um, mental slavery that we're in and think again about uh, these alliances, these relationships. Um, you know, one of the interesting points is, and I'll I'll just throw this out for your audience. I mentioned it uh, uh, over the last uh, uh, week or two, and uh, I talked heavily about it uh, several years ago as we were coming into this whole Ukraine thing. But remember, Russia lost twenty five million 
citizens and soldiers, 25 million in World War II fighting the Nazis on the Eastern Front. They have a history there uh, that you're not going to easily forget. It's, it's, it's much more personal than most people within a Western mind, a Western audience have really, you know, given understanding to every family, every uh, person has a personal story of a relative that went through some portion of that nightmare and it was a nightmare and uh, winning World War II. Um, uh, the atrocities that were done against the Russian people by the Nazis are, you know, something that, that most people just cannot grasp. Um, no. And then they were driven into this fight against us in the West. Uh, even during that whole time, they weren't who, you know, we were thought they were, they proposed to be, etc. But at the end of the day, um, uh, this situation that we're in right now is pretty dire, pretty desperate. Uh, and we yeah. uh, think about how can they back down? What would they do to back down? How could they possibly back down? They can't. Putin can't back off for anything. He can't. He can't allow them to do what they're going to do. And so, what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to force his hand, and and uh, continue to do that. That's exactly what NATO's doing. That's what Trump was saying. You know, well, uh, uh, maybe Putin has to do what he has to do. If NATO's going to threaten them like that, they're going to have the bio labs in there. They're going to try to do it with the sanctions and everything else. Where's Russia going to go? You're going to push him into China's lap. On the oil and gas, that's exactly what's happened. You wanted them to uh, work together, kiss up to the West, and then you turn around and, and uh, uh, bash them to death uh, over, you know, when they did do that. They put huge money into those pipelines, and then you got to blow them up. You don't want anything to do with them. Of course you're going to have a problem. And and now we're on the verge of nuclear war in Central Europe. When, when that technology increased with the drone strikes on that Russian armor, you know, lost several thousand guys and a couple hundred million dollars worth of armor in uh, just a few hours in uh, uh, a few months back, uh, back towards Christmas when they got to this, this technology taking the uh, shells and, and delivering with little cheapo drones right up to the side of the tank. Well, that was Western assistance, NATO assistance to do that, been gamed out. And now they're bringing in the AIs to make their missile systems much more accurate in targeting what the Russians have. So they've raised the stakes. Uh, can Russia back down? No, they're, they're pushing them into a corner where they're going to have to use tactical nukes. Belarus contacted them back at Christmas time and they were, you know, the Azov battalions were forming up. They says, you know, we want to use a, a tactical nuke on them. If they, if they cross the line and we're, we, we don't have anywhere to go, we're toast. We got to use it. And Putin says, well, that's why it's there. You know, don't jump the gun, but that's why it's there. And now he's reaching out to the West, to the American people, bypassing the politicians. And, and yeah. here's, here's the important thing. This thing is where I, I wanted to go a minute ago, and I, I get sidetracked easy. Putin pointed out to Tucker that uh, Biden and the people around Biden 
are not running Washington, D.C. Right. And, uh, of course, within our community, you know, people say that's the third term of the Obama administration and Obama's pulling the puppet strings on Biden. And Putin made it very clear. No, you don't know the names of the people that are running you in the West. You don't know their names, but your your government's being run by people uh, that are pulling the strings in Washington, D.C. And he was very clear about that. Well, you know, just before Tucker went over to Russia, when it was first announced, well, not announced, but when the communication between everybody involved was firmed up and it was finalized that Tucker was going over, it would lead to an interview. Do you know that was the same afternoon that Obama got on a plane, took off, headed to New Zealand, and went to Antarctica? So if, wow. if Obama's not running Biden, if Obama's being run by somebody else, where are they? What are they doing? Who is it? And by the way, Azov Battalion, Ukraine, Nazis, what's going on in South America? What's going on in Antarctica? Still, everybody get your head out of your ass. It's not space aliens from outer space, okay? That's part of the cover story. That's what's so annoying, that you're being played with and you're going along with it. Oh, it's the, it's the space alien blue people that are here to save us all. And, and the global, you know, galactic alliance is going to save us all. Fuck, give me a break. Nothing so fantastical. You have a breakaway that wants to control the world and they want to do it through the most powerful place on the planet, Washington, D.C. And they've constructed a myth within the election systems uh, that create an illusion that allows them to put people into power and then uh, manage them uh, like puppets on a string. And there are a couple of layers moved and you think that uh, that's who's doing all this shit? Some of the stuff is going to come out literally very, very, very soon. Is the international uh, uh, operations, uh, where they came from, how they were used to cook the election in 2020. And right. uh, that's, that's literally now uh, uh, several tens of hours away. Some of the yeah. first takes on that, and as that happens, so, uh, good, good people are going to have to think about this. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, good news on that. Uh, I have uh, Tina Peter who's been uh, commenting uh, while we've been talking. Uh, she says a miracle this week. Court canceled until July 29, August 12th. Reveal is coming. So she was up. She she was facing life imprisonment. Uh, so this is a big turnaround. Uh, so I know you have talked about there's going to be uh, a reveal on the election still, and this is going to make a major impact. So she is saying uh, the same reveal is coming. So, uh, of course, you know, some of these things have to be couched to uh, kind of get like you do a lot. You, you basically give us a little piece, uh, but you can't give us the whole picture yet. So what can you reveal is coming? What do you think is coming on the election? Well, uh Precisely, um, we know the players and the mechanisms for how the uh, vote data was cooked when the uh, election systems were uh, stopped in a half dozen states. And uh, literally, you know, within the 
manipulation. It was county by county across the country monitoring things. But when uh, Trump was winning so bigly, uh, uh, the numbers were just so over the top in the, in those particular locations, uh, precise algorithms were used to calculate out how to make it look like a Trump win, uh, in some places, but not as big a win as it was to soften the blow and then to flip the votes for a Biden win at critical places where they had the most control. And so, uh, for example, it's not just that that uh, Trump won a lot of places, but the win was way bigger than was understood in order to make it look more uh, like a closer race, uh, you know, across the country. Uh, the popular vote win was far higher than uh, you've even been told so far. Um, the... Uh, way of communicating that data, though, was part of the problem. We knew one direction where the information was going out and how it was going out. Uh, and so that was pretty important, but we didn't have a clear understanding of the return side. Uh, it didn't come back on the same channel as it went out on. And so uh, we had allegations, but we didn't have... Um, with precision, exactly what occurred. And I don't want to take uh, the thunder out of anybody's uh, stuff that they're doing. Uh, they own it. They did it. Uh, so I will let them have that turf, uh, uh, rightly so. Just because I uh, know about it and understand it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, uh, that it's mine to be able to disclose. But I think what the thing that I think will be the most shocking to people is the association, the associates um, going all the way back into the Clinton crowd. Uh, and once you hear how that occurred, it'll be quite obvious why I'm saying that. Uh, and that's that's a big deal. Uh, we were still fighting the same people um, within... Uh, uh, you know, they never gave up for 2016, the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff, um, all of the uh, uh, crowd that was was opposing Trump never backed off. Um, so and that's that's coming very quickly. Part of the reason I I personally think that it's it's an important story from my own perspective, uh, as I've said, you know, 2020, it's not over yet. You know, uh, uh, Jen and I sing the song, you know. 2020, it's not over yet. <laughs> very good, very good. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't. No. You're no, still it's fighting. Gonna... Look, if you think about this, if you have uh, Biden in office and he's brought the world to the brink of nuclear war uh, and he's not there legitimately, then. Um, what are you going to do about it? That's what they're laughing at us about. What are you going to do about it? Okay, so you can't get them out with the courts. You can't get them out. Uh, the media is not going to back you up. They're just laughing at you. Is there any option left to still come against that? And then people, 
we talk about the military aspect, but there is a, you know, the military is not going to do a coup here. It has to happen within a very precise uh, set of parameters. We don't have uh, the people involved here are not um, uh, criminal uh, in the sense of wanting to run a military coup. Just because the other side did doesn't mean that we uh, play the same way. So there's certain logistical things that have been gamed out that allow us to do what needs to be done lawfully. And uh, uh, the public's just going to have to, you know, watch and understand. And, and the other thing, I think within our community, um, you'll hear people over and over and over, you know, they just got to do it. They just got to rip the bandaid off. They just got to. Well, the problem is you're, you're thinking too small. You're thinking this is just about Washington, D.C. This is just about a few regional races. We're playing ball for the whole planet. This isn't just another uh, game in regular season uh, football or baseball. You're at the Super Bowl. You're at the World Series. And this is for everything because uh, all parties involved know that uh, uh, whoever wins, whoever loses, this is it for their operations, their family, their game. They're out. Uh, this is a sudden death type of a game. And then for the people that are running um, essentially the breakaway, uh, it means that uh, we're coming. And they can be in their hidey hole. They can be out there at the edge of uh, the atmosphere. They can do whatever they want, build their nests in the sky. They can build their caves in the ground. But we're coming for them, and we're not going to allow them to cause us to go into some uh, type of global civil war, destroy ourselves to let them come in and just uh, step into the vacuum uh, aftermath. That's why we had to take out the Georgia Guidestones. You can't let a prophecy in stone, a monument in stone, stand that uh, tells the whole world where you're going um, without coming against it, without challenging it. And uh, we are going to challenge it. We're not going to just go quietly into the night and let these monsters uh, take over the planet. It, it sounds almost fantastical, but you have to you have to think in these terms because it is like a James Bond movie. I, I mentioned it on a, a show yesterday. Uh, remember yep. the remember the uh, movie Our Man Flint? Yeah, and and it's all tongue in cheek and it's crazy and everything else. Excuse me, have the last, you know, not just uh, since COVID, but maybe even the last decade or so, kind of seemed like uh, uh, a couple of different renditions of our man Flint with, you know, some global cabal trying to take over the planet. And uh, the scientists sitting in the chairs in their white jacket, we're going to take care of you because you don't know how to take care of yourself. Uh, and we're the wise men, and, 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 and politicians can't do it, military can't do it, we're going to do it. I mean, that's really what has been going on here for the last little bit. Uh, remember, where was John Kerry on Election Day 2016? He's in Antarctica. That's right. What the fuck is he doing in Antarctica on the day that's the most important of all for, you know, and, and by the way, what's the crowd that he runs with? In the Clinton camp, the Clintonese, uh, 
what's the crowd that he's answering to? Who's, whose position is he filling? That's why what's about to happen in the next few days and the discussion of, of where that data was flowing through is I think it's it's a 9.0 on the earthquake scale, okay? And there's other revelations that will come, but sometimes you, can, uh, you can't let people drink from a fire hose. So there's, there's a, a process that has to happen here. Part of it is also that uh, uh, it takes some soap time. You know, you have an audience that's been thinking outside the box for a very long time. And that's a lot of the fun. That's why I enjoy uh, doing these shows with you, Mike. And you have different people, have different views, and sometimes everybody bets their heads against each other. But uh, you're you're providing a place where at least the discussion happens, and then your listeners get to weigh it out, think about it, and then draw some of their own conclusions. Okay, uh, and that's that's America. That's the whole idea here. And uh, then people have to make their own uh, choices. Within what's happening in the world, um, we've been being conned, gamed. And there's been different players that have come in. It's all about this one aspect. And that's the only thing, and you got to deal with it. Uh, whether it's the politics or the money, uh, these mob gangs, uh, the crops, the shots. Uh, you could you could hit all these categories, and in every category, I could just about pull out, you know, one or two guys that are the experts, and they'd say that everything hinges on that. And uh, the reality is, no, it's it's a bigger game than that. Uh, and this is for the whole planet. Um, it is like our man Flint or James Bond. Look at the last James Bond movie. It's about uh, genetically targeted weapons. Uh exactly what was happening in Ukraine. Hmm. We, we can't just go at, uh, that, there was a, there was an old thing, uh, uh, you know, the uh, prayer meeting on Wednesday nights for the church. You know, every Wednesday night, the, the husband would conclude the prayer session with, you know, and God, wipe the spider webs from our hearts and, and you know, refresh and renew it. We're going to go home and, and start, you know, uh, fresh. And one, one week, his wife, uh, you know, these wives can be a little bit testy at times. She's, uh, she's heard that enough times that it's getting old with her. And she says, God, forget the spider web. Kill the damn spider. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have all so these. What, what happened with Buzz Aldrin? When he was down there and got sick, what what is what is the mystique about uh, Antarctica that you maybe can tell us? Because you're kind of around that area now, so. Well, okay, let's let, let's come at it a little differently. Okay. Uh, let me let me nip around the edges of that, uh, nice. and and just because I with you, you have a different exposure, different expertise, so uh, maybe then some other people let's, let's just kind of work through it for a minute or two and come back to that. And don't let me forget to come back to that in a few minutes. Um, okay. From a technology side, uh, I remember, uh, dealing with one of the people and it sounded absolutely fantastical to me. Uh, he was in the astronaut program and 
he was talking about a uh, machine that they were working on that had been started in the 50s and uh, had been really perfected, as he felt it was, in the late 60s. And I'm I'm a young guy, and I'm hearing about I love all my sci-fi stuff. I have a pretty extensive sci-fi collection. And how they've taken a type of a tractor with the treads, and they put a nuclear power plant in it, and the power plant runs those uh, treads, but more importantly, it has a lithium nose call. I'd never heard of lithium before. Didn't know what lithium was. And he's explaining to me how they heated up these, and then uh, this nose cone, it can tunnel through wa- rock like butter. And so with the heat, and then because it's a, a nuclear reactor, it doesn't have the waste product. So it's not like if you had a, a diesel engine or something and all the, you'd have to have exhaust pans and all this other stuff. And then uh, it is run by a crew, but they were, they were working at the time to do it remotely and wouldn't have to have the crew closer to it. They could run longer, hotter, et cetera. And, and so he's talking about this. Uh, that was in, it started in the 50s and was being uh, perfected in the 60s. And uh, so now add 50 years to that. Wow. And think of what might be possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about devices that can tunnel. Uh uh, uh, one of the other technologies and, and, and go pretty large distances a day. Uh, in fact, I, and I, I wrote a paper on it in, uh, probably the late 70s. Some of the, uh, well, I, was, I was take it back. It was probably the late eighties. Um, there was, uh, images that were coming back and in the images in uh, this particular place, um, it looked like a slinky underground. And the speculation was, what, you know, what's going on here? And in uh, looking at it in the way that I did in that, in that era, it was almost instantaneously because I had this other uh, uh, knowledge uh, on other stuff says, well, the problem is, uh, and I had, I had gamed it out in my mind just cause I, I was working on a particular project. Uh, if you were tunneling in the ground with a, uh, device that's heating up the rock and melting it, uh, and it's extruded around the vehicle, it's boring a hole. Okay. Melting its way through as you heat it up, and it becomes a uh, uh, pyroplastic. Um, that material has to go somewhere, and if you're in the right kind of material, as it heats up, you can uh, compress it somewhat as it becomes fluid into adjacent material. But there's another thing: you have ground movement all the time. You have small quakes all over the the planet all the time, and you can have a large one. What if you had a ground movement and you've, you have to understand that it's glass. You're turning the rock to glass. Um, and you have pre-picked your routes so you have the best material to go through that 
works the best with your systems and like that. Uh, but as you go through it, um, uh, you have to allow for that heat to go deep enough into the material to uh, get a thick enough wall that um, when it cools and hardens, it's it's not you know super brittle. In fact, uh, when you when you melt this like a glass, it has actually very high tinsel strength. It's uh, it's actually fairly strong. Uh, more so than than the adjacent rock around it, uh, or material if you're in sands and things like that. So, but the problem is if let's say you have a ground tremor, uh, even a relatively minor one, you could break that and it would be very hard to repair. You could have a crack, just like on a windshield or something like that, that might run hundreds of feet to a mile. You might crack the whole thing. How do you isolate the damage? Same thing you do in a in a a boat or a submarine, you have to have bulkheads, you have to have doors, you have to have ways to seal off and isolate um, damage to a compartment. So when you're boring uh, in this way, what you do is you don't go at one constant speed. You uh, will bore through and then slow down, bore through and then slow down. And what you're allowing for is for heat soak to go out and go into the adjacent material deeper, and it looks like a rib if you're looking at it externally. And what happens is you have weaker zones between those ribs. And if you have damage, it can, it can be damaged across that weaker zone and fracture there doesn't fracture on the rib, and plus it doesn't run the length of uh, the tube or the tunnel. It will be isolated to a section. And then it becomes relatively easy to come in and repair, uh, uh, etc. It also is, is much, much, much stronger. So when you're looking at these uh, underground uh, systems uh, with this type of a boring operation, you're going to see that they um, will do this surging and have this rib-like look or effect. Now, those types of systems... You know, uh, in the early days, we're going hundreds of feet a day. Uh, today, I would presume that uh, that they have much greater capability than even that, and especially depending on the type of material you're in, etc. Uh, and being, uh, you know, under the ground, how much of it do you see? Then the other thing that I, that I would throw in there, uh, a lot of the testing was happening. Um, in that same area era was going to these uh, micro nukes. Um, they were uh, low, ultra low residue nuclear devices. So uh, part of the issue is, is that it, it takes a certain volume of material in order to reach criticality. But when you bring in the other physics, that's where, uh, uh, in fact, I, uh, uh, wife sent me the thing on the on the heart that was done over there, uh, uh, the amazing uh, human heart. When you look at it in its folded fashion with the muscle as, as one long band folded over itself, it's not operating as a pump in a classic sense. It's actually acting as an electromagnetic uh, torsion. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, uh, that's right. Okay. And 
in reality, that is the other physics. That's why we can use a torsion detector mm-hmm. to find the human heart. Uh, uh, years ago, 35 years ago or so, I saw the first test where you could look through concrete. You could have somebody on the other side uh, the, where I saw it was uh, six feet, but they said you could go, you know, tens of feet even potentially because the concrete was transparent to the torsion signal. And so uh, they had somebody on the other side of this six feet away. They had already marked, um, had a fingerprint of their heart and you could bring other people into the room and distinguish between one person and another person with the fingerprint of their heart using a torsion signal. Uh, it's not electromagnetic. And that's the part that just screws people up because it's not the same. If it's electromagnetic, it dissipates over uh, space, you know, uh, uh, and uh, that's why you have to have a stronger and stronger signal further out or you have to have a directional signal, et cetera. And uh, when you're dealing with torsion, um, it's not the same physics, subatomic uh, uh, physics. So uh, uh, when you get into these types of systems uh, where you can spin up uh, um, material in a uh, nuclear detonation, you can have a very relatively small quantity, uh, say, uh, larger than a, a golf ball, but smaller than most oranges, and uh, have an explosion that is then um, ultra-low residue. And with certain other technologies where we can go in and neutralize the material that remains, what you can do, and, and this is what we were seeing um, in Reno several years ago, where people were mapping that there was explosions under the ground uh, in Reno. And when you looked at it, it was mapped out to being some type of uh, underground uh, building or structure. And so it was speculated then that uh, somebody was using ultra low residue nuclear uh, detonations to build some kind of a complex there. Well, again, what do you get when you do that? You get a glassified uh, structure underground with the walls uh, having turned to glass, you get a huge cavern. You let it cool off, you go in and apply other technologies to uh, get rid of the uh, residue to neutralize it somewhat. You still have a higher than normal background radiation, but then with some separation and other materials, you can go in there and, and fill it out and you get a small stadium size zone you connect that with the right tunnels, and all of a sudden, now you got something. And uh, so the question is, uh, what's going on with the technology facing things like that? And uh, where could they be taking us uh, that we haven't, you know, for most people, okay? Look, uh, within the audience here, Mike, while we like to speculate on some of this stuff, it's interesting, it's fun. Um, you get the mortgage payment. Uh, there's a football game. You want to just enjoy life for a few minutes. Uh, you're in a band. You want to go play the guitar. You want to just enjoy life. You're thinking in terms of just uh, enjoying what God's given you 
in uh, having having a life. Uh, some of these players, uh, I, I will tell you, you know this from your own experience like that. It's addictive. When you get into the zone where you get to play with some of this really cool stuff and be around it, um, yeah, you know, you might have wives, home, cars, fun, not. But to be around this stuff is so addictive that, you know, guys get in there and they lose their, their, that's all they want. That's all they care about. And so guys get in that zone and, and that's who we're, we're, we're dealing with guys that have made this their entire, um, you know, everything. And they're 24 seven while you're just having a life. And the next thing you know, with these megalomaniacs, uh, they want to own the whole world. They want to become God. They're, they've lost their way. Um, that's who we're fighting. And so then we take those technologies. Uh, I'll, I'll also mention one other thing. Look at what was going on with uh, some of the technology on the submarines. And, and I know within this crowd, uh, there's a handful of the guys out there that have been in the right places uh, on uh, uh, some of our surface vessels and our subs who've been there and monitored when they've seen stuff go by underwater and they go, that cannot be. That's physically impossible to go at those kinds of speeds underwater. No way. Ignore it. It's some kind of a phantom. It's some kind of a, 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 an anomaly. And uh, one time it was stuff moving at 80 and 90 knots. At other times it was 150 and 180. Uh, uh, and airliner speeds. Well, now we know with, with uh, certain types of uh, uh, technologies that uh, we can create a wave in front of something uh, moving in the water and allow it to move at uh, pretty amazing speeds. So what kinds of things could be going on on the planet? Is this space aliens or is that even part of the cover? Remember, uh, part, of, part of what you have to get in your mind. Um, for example, Roswell at 47. Well, it wasn't just in 47. Roswell was in 1947. In fact, it was in the mid-year in 47. Uh, uh, why is that? Because for the people that are trying to create illusions to suck people in that have a very long-term plan, uh, let's go back to what was going on out of Britain and then came into to the States. You had uh, the RAND project stuff, mapping uh, human consciousness, mapping societal um, uh, thoughts and ideas and trying to move society to certain places. You had the same thing out of England uh, with, uh, oh, what's her name? Oh, I can't think of the name of the project now. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. But a similar thing where they're looking at societal mapping and consciousness. Um, these types of projects, in the course of doing it, they want to imprint certain ideas, certain themes in, and they believe also, from an occult standpoint, that when they brand things with certain numbers, that they get more power because it does have that number associated with it, branded to it. 
Well, the most important number within the other physics is 19.47. And the reason that that number is so crucial for them uh, is because it has to do with how energy um, uh, propagates um, in, for want of better terminology, it's not precisely accurate, but it, it gives people the right idea, uh, matter, antimatter, and how it propagates um, into a matter realm and the location that it does in a torsion uh, sense in a rotating object um, and the dynamics that are involved there. Well, so 19.47 is the place where the energy uh, uh, propagates or emanates. Um, we see it all through the physics all over the planet. It's planetary level. Uh, Jupiter, the spot on Jupiter is 19.47 degrees off of the equator. Uh, wow. If you consider Jupiter a, a three or six degree circle, uh, if you uh, you know look at the Earth, three or six degree circle, that's where the pyramids are at, nineteen point four seven degrees off the rotation. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Same thing with the uh, uh, Hawaiian Islands, where you have uh, the volcanoes, and what you're actually seeing when you see that arc of of islands in that kind of a situation is you're seeing a map of where the Earth's rotation was uh, at a different time in its in its uh, procession. You're seeing a map there uh, showing that, not over uh, uh, just, you know, thousands of years, but over millions of years uh, would be some of the argument. So I think it's wrong because I think we had a, uh, uh, I think uh, it's a little different. Uh, we had a near pass by another planet, Mars, eccentric a more eccentric orbit but conversation for another day it's fun stuff at the end of the day that 19.47 when you had roswell they were trying to imprint in the consciousness of the whole planet uh certain concepts and ideas of uh, using the numbers and that year was critical because it had certain meaning um, not just the mere physics, uh, you know, matter touching things, etc., but in the consciousness of man. And so they, it's part of their theology. Um, most of what's missed and has to be, uh, really kind of understood. We're in kind of a Harry Potter kind of a zone where the people that were fighting, that we're engaged with, uh, literally think in Harry Potter-esque terms. And I know that, you know, people are, where's this going? Where's this going? Hey, let's go back to Putin. In Russia, the most popular children's TV show in Russia uh, through the late 90s and, and uh, uh, you know, last, uh, you know, 20 years up till about 10 years ago, was a uh, TV show for kids that portrayed Russian kids coming against wizards and witches and merlins. Wow. What was that directly aimed at? Britain. That whole Harry Potter mentality. 
uh, mm. that was constantly coming, trying to get Mother Russia. And it was, you know, uh, the uh, priest at the church helping them. What do you, you know, think of this. We were coming at this godless society when the Soviet Union was in play. Part of the uh, attack that we engaged in under the Reagan administration, we came at them after uh, their hard cash, their energy. We drove price of oil down to the ground, price of uh, gas down to the ground, nearly took out Texas on the way. Uh, we um, brought in the religious component, and within the Western uh, media, talked about all the atrocities against uh, believers in the church, Catholic church, Jewish believers, uh, the Pentecostals. And, and in fact, part of the deal there was that within the churches, they became uh, ingrained in this. Uh, senior executive service began recruiting pastors, and uh, they had people that paid money for films to show the horrors that were happening to the Russian believers. Uh, and it seemed like great projects that we needed to be involved in and, and churches needed to be involved in. And they didn't even realize they were part of the propaganda uh, uh, operations. Oh, Tavistock, I was saying Rand Institute here in the West, Tavistock. I know there was a bunch of believers out there uh, in your audience that were going, Tavistock, Tavistock, Tavistock. That's what you're supposed to be doing, Tavistock. Which is about, you know, societal control through... Uh, the music, the imagery, uh, right. the products, you know, yeah. all of that sort of thing. And so uh, in the Reagan administration, was was uh, we engaged them uh, where they had projects going in South America with the Cubans, the Nicaraguans, uh, all across South America. And, and uh, that was what Iran-Contra was about, was getting arms in there to, you know, slow them down, uh, brought in Chinese uh uh, knockoff red-eye missiles for $1,300 a piece to take down these hind the uh, helicopters they had in Nicaragua and gave those to the uh, uh, Contras. Um, in Afghanistan, got in uh, uh, stuff that could take out aircraft uh, at, at higher altitudes and uh, brought in mines and all sorts of things on Tennessee mules. Um, and we had SDI. Reagan wasn't coming in half-ass. We did SDI, challenged them to an arms race uh, using the, the full weight and technology of the American people. And then we, uh, you know, Reagan got our economy going, but he also challenged them uh, with, the, you know, the Navy. Uh, we're going to build a 500-ship Navy. We're going to build a 600-ship Navy. We're going to, uh, you know, bring World War II destroyers out of mothballs, uh, the New Jersey and the Missouri, and uh, refurbish them and, and uh, go park them at places and uh, start uh, showing the flag. Uh, Russia couldn't keep up with us. They couldn't spend that money. They had some uh, places where they were technically uh, very advanced, uh, particle beam weapons being one of them, and, and some of the stuff into the torsion stuff they had a uh, because of Kazarev and others, they had a, a better understanding of that initially, I think, than we did in some ways. But, right. Now, that, that kind of uh, leads a little bit into your area, too, with Admiral Byrd, you know, having his fleet that went down there. And there's talk of, you know, maybe some particle beam weaponry that was coming out of there. What What are your thoughts on all that? 
Well, it was clear that and that was nineteen forty-seven. That three when it ended, so kind of like a yes, the mm -hmm. yes. There was um, you you have to kind of go back, and the reason this is important, this is why where, where I was going with you, uh, from a military perspective, uh, think of all the times that you got tuned up on a, a technology or something that till you heard about it you wouldn't have dreamed it okay that uh wow we can do that <laughs> that's pretty cool you know uh all sorts of things i remember uh, uh i had uh, uh something where the guys uh were sitting out waiting for they were told to go wait uh for contact that uh, there was they were being tested on on something, and and uh, they wanted to know the first moment when they detected that uh, this invading group was going to get there. So they were they were just being, you know, vigilant to uh, uh, detect the invaders at the critical moment and then sound the alarm. So they're out there, they're in this this desert location, and they're just as attentive as can be, and they're watching like there's scenes and everything else, middle of the darkest night they got everything there they're you know uh the sun starts to come up they never had any contact and one of the guys looks over his shoulder they're watching they're watching out at this uh particular line because that's where they're told they were going to come from behind them a very large <laughs> airship had parked right behind them they never heard a thing never heard a thing didn't and the guys are standing there kind of laughing at them uh, and, uh, you know, never heard a thing. Well, that kind of thing, when you get surprised by it, once you see that, you know, it exists until that moment, you're, you know, you don't have a frame of reference. Look at the world around us. And for everybody, it sounds like there's no way that you could have, let's say a breakaway society. Um, well, is that... Is that possible or is it not? If the yeah. Nazis had even just rudimentary, yay! When is Juan going to get to the point? Hello, wait for it. Here we go, guys. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, if if you just get to the most basics, the submarines going down yeah. the coast of, of it's uh, like you had to build it for half an hour, and then you got to the point. So you're doing yeah. a good job too. Thank you. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> I got to keep it in, but you got to get your brain in the right place. Uh, yeah. You Educational. Know, Everybody right wants you. Education. Thank you. This is a beautiful day out here right now in the Arctic Ocean. Yeah. But uh, you can't yeah, be here from now. Stuff. We were in a big storm last night, and now for our show, yeah. we got perfect weather. Yeah. Well, and 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 I can tell you that in the dead of winter, uh, this is one of the most dangerous oceans on the planet. Uh, but if you're if you're two hundred, three hundred feet down, well, you're in summer it's there. The right? same every day. Say again? Yeah. You're in slower down there, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a very nice day, summer day and all that. But if if you're uh, if you're under the water, uh, winter, summer, it's not really that different. Uh, right. And, you know, Antarctica, just so you have an understanding, the size of Antarctica, it's one and a half times the size of the United States. And like the United States... Uh, it has all sorts of uh, uh, 
rivers that come out from underneath the ice. Um, think of Old Faithful, the guys are at Yellowstone, and how there's water goes down because there's an underground river that hits a particular spot where there's a magma flow. And when it hits that magma flow, it gets superheated, and then it comes rising up to the surface and bursts out at Old Faithful on a repeating basis pretty uh, regularly. You know, so many minutes go by, and there it is again. There it is again. There it is again. Um, and it's just an underground stream that happens to be crossing a underground location where there is a, uh, a rivulet, if you will, of magma. And uh, so it's very consistent. Now, uh, we have hot springs all over America. And uh, uh, I've gone to them on the East Coast, up north, down south. I, I got a place I like to go up out of Fairbanks. It's about 50 miles out of Fairbanks. It's got a hot spring, so you can go out in the hot tub. You know, it'll be 25, 30 below. You can go get, get the hot tub at the hot springs because uh, you got hot water coming out. It doesn't know It doesn't know if it's winter or summer there. No, I love it. And uh, they actually run a tomato operation there where they're growing tomatoes in a hothouse that's heated by the by the uh, uh, out of the water. So now think of Antarctica. You have the same thing. You have two Mm -hmm. miles of ice in some areas, even three miles in some areas. The average depth of the ice across Antarctica is a mile and a half deep. Uh, and underneath that, it's not just ice all the way down. It's 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 literally a uh, earthen uh, continent with ice on top of it. So even in the tunneling stuff I was describing to you earlier, uh, tunneling through ice is a lot easier than tunneling through uh, uh, the ground for certain types of things. Now, uh, did the Nazis uh, build some things out down in Antarctica, beyond even what they were doing in Argentina and uh, Chile. The man who became the president of Germany uh, for a little over a month, near the end, right before uh, Germany collapsed, uh, the general who was president of Germany for a period of time, uh, in the Nuremberg trial, testified that the Nazi uh, troops had built a city at a river inlet under the ice at the edge of Antarctica and that it was flourishing and had everything it needed and it was uh, uh, a very good site. Um, wow. To give a mental example of this, uh, uh, Lake Anders, or... Uh, I always say Anderson, not Anderson. There's one of the lakes there. It's quite a large lake. Uh, it's like 50 miles long and in some areas as wide as, as 20 uh, miles wide, uh, but narrower much of the distance. It has a dome over the top that's a mile up. Well, it's a lake. What's it fed by? A hot springs. Mm. Okay, it's liquid water. Yeah, up on top, it can be 20, 30, 50, 60 below zero. But down there, it's 65 degrees, 60, I think it's actually 62 degrees year-round. Okay? Never has a storm. Never has a bad weather day. 
you know, but that's just one. You have lots of locations where where water is flowing out from underneath the ice uh, that is like any large river across America. And the intention was that some of the subs were going up some of those locations. And because of uh, pressure from the ice above and the water flowing like that, it may have even uh, uh, been able to flow like through a siphon tube where it could have all sorts of weird angles to it and you'd come out in a pressurized lake further up uh, uh, stream uh, where the lake was higher, but it was still completely navigable, navigable through the tube. It didn't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, have a uh, an open ceiling or something like that. But it's a huge area, one and a half times the United States. When you're thinking wow. of small facilities and uh, operations, you can have a pretty good uh, number of people in some of those places, and you wouldn't be able to see it readily. And at those kind of depths, very hard to track and map, especially if you didn't have the technology back in the uh, 40s and 50s and 60s. Yeah. And you could be all over on the surface up on top and miss that uh, very readily, very easily, unless you know exactly where you're going or what you're doing. So the contention is, that some component of those people did, in fact, get there. Now, beyond that, and I will say, by the way, Mike, you know, it's, uh, it's, I, I appreciate it when you let me come on because you let me kind of go on on this stuff, but some of it requires a bit of a uh, conversation. A lot of it, I kind of have to do it as a, as a presentation because I got to mm-hmm. get all those details out before we can have the conversation. So I I apologize for just droning on a little bit, but I'm trying to. Oh no, this was pretty amazing. A lot of people have talked about this. I think you just basically laid it all out. Uh, so it's like you, there's no more discussion needs to be done on this. I've talked about the uh, the submarine uh, tunnels that you know on both coasts, kind of like where you're talking about, and uh, also in Hawaii, lots of uh, underground submarine tunnels. So I've been on subs. I was a sub rescue. Uh, diver. I know a lot about the sub guys and they, they don't like to talk, but I, some of us know stuff and uh, you're, you're revealing quite a bit. So Buzz Aldrin, getting back to him, he yeah. graduated from West Point in 1947, interestingly. Uh, so he got sick when he was down there, like we kind of were discussing earlier. What do you think uh, got him sick while he was there? So Buzz Aldrin, kind of like the, he's obviously Sick a man to walk on the moon, or if there is a moon, you know, want to debate that. Uh, but supposedly the second guy to walk on the moon, and so obviously one of those junkies that like all the all the high speed stuff, and uh, he made his way down up to Antarctica, got a tour of something, and got sick. What do you think happened? Well, uh, I have to be a little bit careful because I'm closer to that than than some of the other stuff. And I, I have to be, uh, yes, sir. let me just say that some of the materials that um, you can be exposed to, uh, it doesn't take much incidental contact. It doesn't have to be space aliens and anything else. And, and you can get hurt pretty badly. Uh, and it's not just the materials. It's also, uh, uh, I had uh, one of the guys that I dealt with his family after he passed away. He'd been at a, test location where in an adjacent facility um, that was about a mile away 
they were testing uh, EMP weapons. And it was pretty well shielded, but where he was at, and once you understood the way that the uh, signal propagated, uh, you could just stand at the site and look at it and go, oh, shit. Yeah, they, they figured it for this particular thing, but they weren't thinking of the other physics. And the building that he was in was exactly in a line where there would be a particular type of a uh, waveform and uh, that would propagate. And when they tested to the time that uh, he got sick to the time that he died was only about six months. And, uh, you know, it was like he got a direct, you know, hit. It was very sad. Uh, you had the uh, the guys where they were burning the materials for the uh, F-117 um, as they were working to develop that out there at uh, uh, Area 51. And then downwind, you had guys that got very, very, very sick because the materials were extremely toxic that they were burning in these pits. And, and, and so a lot of workers got very ill. You can have proximity to a lot of things that doesn't have to be alien technology like that it might be alien to most people but it's you know it's just you had incidental contact uh i had somebody else that that was at a fear uh, a location where they were dealing with anthrax and got damaged in uh the uh, throat and uh, it was very 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 transient contact but you know th the rest of their life they've been dealing with that and so it's, uh, it's actually very uh, disturbing. Um, he had no idea. So, uh, a testing location. You don't, you know, you don't. It doesn't have to be uh, the wild stuff. And in fact, sometimes the cover stories that are come up with in order to throw people off are, you know, if it's nice and wild and everything else, then when you repeat it, uh, you sound like a kook or a nut yourself. That's part of what has been the game that's been going on. Uh, the breakaway being portrayed as some, you know, aliens from outer states, ancient technologies and things like that. Well, there's an aspect of that. Look, the Nazis were out there in Tibet. They were looking for ancient stuff. It's uh, it's all over yeah, Egypt and like that. Uh, when Oppenheimer observed the bomb blast, what did he quote? The Bagmita. And the Bagmita uh, out of India... Uh, I am made like God, a destroyer of worlds. Well, what what's the context? Uh, uh, in the Bhagavad it describes a God who flew around in his spaceship, if you will, and could fire beams of light and destroy whole cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what was it that we found in that? In, in in a portion of, of India. They had a location, I've talked about it before, where in coming up on World War One, they had been doing excavation and looking at the region because there was uh, the most birth defects on the planet in that area as far as uh, a group of people. They didn't know what the deal was. They were trying to figure out, is it the water? Is it something about the ground? So they had National Geographics out there looking at it. Well, uh, World War One shows up, and uh, they had to stop doing their excavations, but they had done a little article on it and taken some pictures that didn't end up getting published. 
because in the excavations, they'd found a city under the city that was about 60 feet down. And one of the things that they noted, uh, one of the people noted was the ark in the city. Uh, there was an image of uh, a family uh, that was running down the stairs on the side of the house. You know, it gets hot there. People go up on the roof at night to cool down. In the daytime, they're inside to be in the shade. And here's this, uh, I think it was a mom and two children that were running down the side of the stairs. You could see the image uh, painted on the uh, side of the building. Um, after World War II, uh, uh, one of the guys that went back uh, working for National Geographic to do photography work for him was uh, there at uh, the same site there in India and was, was looking at the location and he realized that he'd seen this before because he was there at uh, either Hiroshima or Nagasaki as a photographer after uh, the war. And he had taken pictures of the images that were burned into the sides of buildings when the bomb blast uh, vaporized them. And he realized what he was seeing there at this city in India was the image of people that had been vaporized in a bomb blast. Then they looked for the uh, nuclear isotopes in the area and found in two, two locations in India, man-made or artificial, not natural, uh, isotopes that would come from creation of uh, a nuclear device. Yep. So. Uh, they they found like uh, in the deserts of uh, Nevada, the green glass and all that stuff too. So there's obviously a nuclear explosion there. So kind of like what and, you're talking and about in Antarctica and some of these other locations where they're using nukes basically to blow open massive uh, small cities uh, where, you know, they tunneled in and they built a little city there. Well, and so we're talking about a pre-endemic, pre-atom uh yeah. situation on the planet. We see it in other places. There's actually quite a few things that we see. Uh, uh, the buried cities in Turkey, uh, the um, artifacts uh, out at the library there in Egypt that are still buried under the ground. Uh, literally, the current library uh, from, you know, 5,000 years ago was built on top of an older library that was from an earlier flood. And because uh, you have two floods, there was the flood uh, uh, from Noah. And there was a much earlier flood, uh, which Plato uh, talks about uh, being there in the history of, of uh, people on the planet. So there is this understanding that there was a prehistory to what we understand. And, and certainly the physics haven't changed within the nuclear realm. If, if somebody had that capability the Nazis were out looking for that. Oppenheimer was reiterating that, you know, this was like a technology that had been re-understood, rediscovered. Um, is there some component of that that's buried under Antarctica? Uh, it's, it's conceivable, but the reality is with the weight of the ice and the movement of the ice, it would have been ground pretty fine, uh, most likely uh uh it's not so much that it's a repository of that sort of thing although it makes great sci-fi stuff and and people get all excited about it 
we don't have to go that far. Let, let me say it this way. Um, okay, maybe it is. Maybe there's ancient technology there and there's aliens from outer space and everything else. Do we have to go there to understand that in the current world the way it is, you can have a breakaway? Well, and by the way, what's a breakaway? Let me just define it. Uh, if you looked at Africa uh, in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, um, Africa was a time capsule. It stayed kind of the same as the Westerners came in. It reacted to it uh, in the same way, say, the natives did uh, across America. You know, they learned how to use a gun. Did they ever build factories to make guns? They could take a gun and use it, but they didn't build factories that made guns. They didn't have the uh, division of labor and the uh, industrialization in the same way. Wasn't that they weren't smart. Wasn't what they they weren't uh, intelligent uh, within their own realms. In many ways, uh, native peoples have different types of intelligence and understanding. Uh, they still have the same human brain, but they hadn't come together societally, industrialized, uh, coordinated their efforts. Uh, think of how much coordination it takes to make a modern car. Uh, all the different technologies that have to come together. You could go back a hundred years and say the same thing. You look at look at the uh, steel plant, the the woodworking, um, uh, the uh, bearings, uh, the engine, the fuel systems, uh, the gas stations, uh, refined fuel to be able to get it that builds out a society, finally building roads and things like that, to coming together, the industrialization. Um, arguably, at the turn of the last century, uh, 120 years ago, Africa arguably was uh, two to 300 years behind uh, the West, Western Europe, uh, United States, etc. Now, with help, they've come forward and been pushed forward, but they still don't have anywhere close to the infrastructure that we have. We can transfer things there, and they can come up to speed, but they're technically quite a bit behind the West. Uh, what if you had a group of industrialists that decided that they wanted to uh, refine, focus, work together, and try to be uh, leapfrog ahead of others. You know, uh, one of the interesting little tidbits of history was that Lincoln and his cabinet in the 1860s, early 1860s, at the beginning of the Civil War, there was a captured air machine, heavier than air, and it was demonstrated for him just outside of Washington, D.C., a heavier-than-air vehicle. And the various cabinet people that were there, about 25 people total, that saw it operate it. It was interesting. It was cool. But they couldn't mentally get their mind around how you could use it in battle. It couldn't carry a cannon. Uh you might be able to see stuff, but they had balloons for that. It was not an all-weather vehicle. 
uh, it was uh, noisy. It was unstable. And they were looking at it in a static sense. Uh, how can we just take this and use it? Well, you can't, you know, not use them. They weren't thinking of where that technology could take you. Uh, where was it captured? I can tell you exactly where it was captured. And uh, it uh, was being tested. That's 40 years before the Wright brothers. Think about that. What if you had a leap 40 years ahead? A head start of 40 years in aircraft design. All the things, the propulsion, uh, understanding uh, uh, the way that air currents work and things like that. And by the way, uh, where would you want to go? There's a lot of places in this kind of a story where you go, okay, are we dealing with a breakaway? As a matter of fact, we are. All the trillions missing the day before 9-11. We're missing several trillion dollars here, but we know it's somewhere. We just haven't figured out where, but we're looking for it right now, and we're going to find it. We know it's here somewhere. Where did the missile hit on the side of the Pentagon? Exactly where the records were. Looking for the missing money at the Pentagon in all the spending. Where was it going? Uh, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz has done this amazing work. I mean, she's one of my favorite people outstanding scholastic effort looking at the spending within the U.S. government, looking at the secret space program. Uh, People like uh, Farrell, Joseph Farrell and others doing amazing, fantastic work. Uh, What are they finding? Well, there's a bunch of money being spent somewhere. And so part of the illusion is it's outer space. No, it isn't. It's inner space. It's the don't look here, it's the hand trick, it's the hat trick. And where are they doing it? They're doing it right plain sight, right in front of you. Uh, you can't go there. And then even when we talk about uh, Antarctica, you know, it's an ice wall and it's, it's a tropical paradise just on the other side of the ice wall. No, it isn't. The ice wall is the surface. You're thinking two-dimensionally. Don't be, you know, get your head out of your ass. Don't think two-dimensionally. you got to think multidimensionally and uh, three-dimensionally, and then you have to add in the other, uh, the other physics. Um, it's, once you get there, it's actually a pretty simple equation. And, uh, again, what was Putin talking about? He's talking about Nazis. He's talking to Tucker about Nazis. And then he's telling you that people that you don't even know their name, you don't even know where they're at, are pulling the strings in Washington, D.C. They're pulling the strings across America. And then it's not the people you know. What, you mean it's not uh, Obama running Biden? It's not Michelle Michael running Biden? Who could it be? Where's where's Obama go? Goes to fucking Antarctica. Get your head out of your ass. Where's Kerry? Antarctica. Where did uh, uh, Newt Gingrich go right after Trump, uh, uh, who he helped on the campaign 2016? Where does he go after Kerry leaves? Goes to Antarctica for three weeks. Do you understand? We're dealing with a breakaway right in plain sight. Now, you're not going to get that in the evening news. And and nobody's going to say it out there directly to you because most of the people, as soon as you get there, you got a lot of other players 
that they want to go to some kind of silliness. Oh, no, 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 no. They're our brothers. They're the aliens. And they're just here to help us. Okay. And, 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 and they've got a recipe to help fix society and fix the earth. Yeah. The recipe is they're going to cook you and uh, you're for dinner. <laughs> and by the way, oh, and by the way, oh, oh my God. God. I mean, you're, you're at like, you have put it all together. So I know everybody's like, one talks and talks and talks, but you built this narrative perfectly. You crushed it. You crushed it. Now, one, one last thing I know, I know probably you got to jump off here and I got another show coming up in about 45 minutes, but one last thing, uh, if, if you have the time is sound, it seems to me, Russia is not our enemy. It's more in the direction of China. So China had the, created the Wu flu or, you know, somebody did and, uh, kind of bioweapon. Uh, there's been things like talk to a guy from, uh, very high up in the, in the military. So I have friends like you and he's, he's basically telling me this stuff too. And I've, I've kind of come to this conclusion myself that China has been, you know, sending people across the border, uh, military age men. That's one of the reasons why we really need to shut the border down. Cause we get some problems coming over, not just human trafficking and drugs and so forth, but we have military age men coming across the border. Uh, we have a lot of our politicians that are bought and paid for by and corporations are bought and paid for by the Chinese. What are your thoughts on the Chinese? Are they really a threat or are we, or is that not an issue? What do you think? Well, no, no, let, let me, let me say it this way. Russia is absolutely a threat. China yep. is absolutely a threat. Look, you can have mobs that coexist and they got their turf. We got ours. We're all working, doing our thing. We leave your guys alone. If your guys cause a problem for our guys, we'll come in and take care of it and we'll keep, you know, things smooth here. Okay. Cause nobody needs a problem. It's bad for business. Um, what's happened is our mob has been pushing the buttons of the neighboring mob there with the Russians there in mm -hmm. Ukraine. We put $10 billion in to have a color revolution. Well, they got it. Okay. And uh, now you're, you're coming into a mob war. In fact, somebody uh, mentioned somebody that Trump should have for the vice president uh, the other day. And I was like, what a dumbass statement. Okay. I understand people. No, Trump loves the deal. Are you kidding me? We're coming into a wartime situation. You need a wartime consigliere here, okay? Somebody that can advise you in a wartime condition, okay? We're coming into a wartime moment. Russia is flat-ass serious. They will not back down. They will use the tactical nuke if they have to. We are dead-ass serious. It came out of strategic command here in the U.S. almost three years ago now. If a force is about to be overrun and use of conventional weapons will not deter, use of tactical nuclear weapons is authorized. And by the way, Biden didn't have control of the button. That was a warning to Russia. You can go so far, you go past that point. We'll use the tactical nuke if we have to to stop you. Uh, we are the ones that threatened it first, not Putin. Putin's coming back saying, hey, I got it over there in Belarus. They got first dibs at it. 
they feel like they're going to get overrun and the Azov Battalion was acting like they were going to, you got, you used it. That's what it's there for. Um, on the China side, uh, who's running China really? Okay. Again, this is so important. You're being played. This is why I'm talking to you, Mike, because I know your audience is a, is, is a different type of sophisticated, and I love all of the audiences. I, I talk to them from a spiritual standpoint, a military standpoint, the political. This audience has a different type of a view or understanding that's, that, that's a hybrid of its own type. From a military standpoint, an economic standpoint, who started what we now see as modern China? When China was behind the wall and didn't want to be involved with anybody, we had a, a submarine incident, K-129, uh, which on the numbers is extremely important ritual-wise. Uh, 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 by the way, what time of day was it at the exact moment that McKinney was shot in Washington, D.C.? Uh, the numbers are so critical every single time. K-129. Uh, was trying to do a launch just after midnight, 3-11-1968, the numbers. When China was made aware that they were being set up as having been the origin of a nuclear uh, missile, tipped missile, that was being fired into Pearl Harbor that blew up as it was leaving the sub, trying to mimic a Gulf One, the Russian sub that had been hijacked. Um, literally, James Bond, our man Flint, every uh, spy thriller you've ever imagined. Um, as that happened, then China was, uh, a game was played with them mentally to open them up. Hey, you almost got nuked by the West because they thought you started the war. Somebody was trying to say, yep, you got to open up. Who got sent to China we didn't have an ambassador in the Nixon era. China opened up. Kissinger's going back and forth, shuttling back and forth. Who the fuck is he really working for, by the way? He came out of the Rockefeller operations and uh, all that, Council of Foreign Relations, the whole crowd. So who's he really working for? But uh, who goes over as the American business liaison to China, because we didn't have an ambassador, George fucking Bush, okay? And he starts setting up all the relationships in the business realm. Who's also in there? Hong Kong, the Brits, the whole schmear. Who's really picking the leadership coming into power in China? And then what's the rest of the relationships, even with the Bush family, going all the way back to the Nazis in World War II? China's not its own man. America, your country is being run by people you don't even know the name of. That's what Putin was telling you. And when Putin was getting ready to talk to Tucker and say what he said, where's the guy you think is running the guy that you think is running the country? Where's he race off to? Right there. Do you understand? We're being played and it's an epic play.
by people that want to run the whole world, literally a contingent of the Nazis. It's not space aliens from outer space. The reptilians. All the reptilians are. Come on, get your head out of your fucking ass. These people, these Harry Potters, that crowd believes that they have the right to rule by blood. Well, what blood? They believe they're descendants of Cain. That's why they're the Cains, the kings of the earth, okay? They believe that Eve had sex with the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the green man. Goes by a thousand names. And that Cain was the hybrid child of Eve, not the son of Adam. That's why Cain is not listed as a child of Adam. When you go through the lineage of Adam, it's Abel, Seth. Cain isn't in there because he wasn't Adam's child. Eve had him. She bore him. But it was from this other creature, uh, the serpent. Okay? Uh, he was cast down to the ground. He was serpentine. He was humanoid, not human. If there was a pre-Adam civilization on the earth and there's any remnants, is there some of that there? If you go back to the Mayans and the Aztecs, they talk about the, the cat people. And uh, earlier things, they you know they, the Egyptians uh, treated the cats uh, with special reverence like they were gods, okay? Uh, the Sphinx and things like that. Oh, wow, okay, well, they were crazy. Well, if you go in the Bible, for all of you Bible thumpers, and I'm one of them, in the temple of Solomon, all around the upper edge of the temple, there's a area uh, in that upper area of the temple that has half cat, half feline, half lion, half man, all around the border at the top of the temple. Why is that? Some free civilization thing? Some recognition that that Adam uh, was some uh, ancestry there? In this, in the, in the, in the creation story, the earth was plowed like a field. There's two creations: the great creation, and then there's this, this, you know, reinvention of mankind. Uh, this out there. By the way, I'm seeing the curve of the earth. By the way, all you flat earthers, stick it where the sun don't shine. That's part of a disinformation uh, <laughs> operation. Okay, uh, that disinformation operation was paid for out of DARPA. Okay. Uh, a Satanist was paid uh, just shy of 500000 a year for at least two years, may have gone on more, to map this community, exactly your community, Mike, exactly your community, wanted to map them and see who the suggestible people were, the nodes were within the community that could be adapt to a new idea and then propagate it and what it took to help them do it if you wanted to get other ideas, other information out there so they could play with us, so they could manipulate us, maneuver us to think certain ways and to spread certain ideas rapidly. And the Flat Earth was just a mapping project for the uh, uh, conservative community, this, this uh, kind of out-at-the-edge community. Uh, we're being played with on lots of levels. It's about time everybody grows up and understands there is a elite that believes that what has to happen on the planet within this occult group is that we have to be helped 
to destroy each other. And they actually believe in karma. They're not godless. They believe that their god, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, brought knowledge to the world and that they, with that knowledge, that technology, that higher learning, are here to take over the world. It's their inheritance. They aren't merely human like we children of Adam are. They're more than human. Therefore, they have the right by blood to reign over us. Uh, they have the right to run us like cattle because they're more than human. They're the reptilians hiding amongst us. It's just the bloodline families. And it's not about being able to take their blood out and see that, you know, they're different than the rest of us. They're human and they're very connected. There's another component that uh, I'll get into maybe at some later time. It's not what you think. I, I've been on this for 40 years. And it's once you understand, it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. That's why they do their rituals at eclipses and certain times of the year, things like that, because it has to do with the, uh, the way that technology works. Um, but the end, of the, the end of the story is that silvery thread. The end of the story is we're being manipulated. We got to grow up. We got to understand we're being played against each other. Even at the nation state level, even countries like China, they're as captured and manipulated as we are in America, as uh, Israel is, as Britain is, as Germany is, and as Russia is. Look, Putin, he told you the truth, but he's also got his handlers, his controllers. They're trying to bring us to some type of nuclear war. And by the way, you know, Putin's gone. He's he's making a last-ditch effort. He's got uh, some health issues. They're fighting it pretty good. But if yep. you lose Putin, you get Medvedev. Medvedev oh, he's very... They're ready to go to war. He's ready to nuke Poland. The Russian people are ready for it themselves. They have had it with the losses in the Ukraine. Yeah. They have absolutely had it. We're being marched to war, but the breakaway believes that if we fight each other and wipe each other out, even if they give us a little encouragement, the bad karma is on us, that we did it to ourselves. Therefore, they don't have any guilt in it, and they don't get the repercussions from God Almighty in his heaven because they didn't do it. We did it to each other. It's Yep. Plan. I dealt with uh, somebody who was in the circle of influence of a witch a uh, few years back, mm. and they said something very, very, very uh, poignant. The witch had told him, I won't put a curse. They wanted him to put a curse on somebody and do something to him health-wise. And the witch said, I won't do it. I'll teach you how to do it, but it has blowback. Uh, that's why I won't do it. So if you want to get them bad enough, You'll have to pay a price for doing it, but you can do it. I'll help show you how to do it. They believe that kind of stuff. They understand if they do it, that they uh, they get blowback. So they actually think that they're going to step into the vacuum after we nuke ourselves, turn it all to glass north yep. of the equator, and turn the world upside down, and they're going to take over on the far side of it. That's the real story. That's what you got to start thinking about in those terms. And then you look at your leadership. You look at the finances. You look at the military. You look at the leaders that are putting power. Who's actually running it? What the genetics are of those people that seem to see, seem to keep turning up 
in various places running things. Did Zuckerberg invent Facebook? Hell no. Why did he get blessed with all that money and power and everything else? Well, it was a DARPA operation. It was called LifeLog. Who turned him into king to be able to put the uh, uh, voting um, drop boxes all over the country to change the direction of the vote? We're going to have revelations. They're going to come out uh, literally uh, mere hours from now. You'll get the first waves of that. And then that's going to continue on through the year. I believe before summer, a common, you'll be in the group line at the grocery store and people will be going, well, this guy isn't our president. You know, uh, we got two presidents, the the real one, the elected one, and the one that's uh, holding office right now. What are we going to do to resolve this? It's it's like Kim Clement said. It's going to be a very hairy moment. And, and, two uh, presidents. Yeah. Say again. Uh, Kim, Clement, uh, Kim Clement said uh, two presidents. You'll have that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that'll be a common thing. It's not going to be over. You're going to get more and more information. It's not going to be over in a second, but it's, uh, we're coming into a very difficult moment. Uh, so anyway, I always enjoy being with you, Mike. I know you got another show. Uh, uh, and I, I appreciate you letting me drone on like I did. I hope people at least enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I think this is your best show ever. And a lot of other people said the same thing. So you you did an excellent job droning on today. So, and, <laughs> and we have the biggest audience I've ever had on uh, Rumble. You know, we when we used to get together on YouTube, we have huge audiences. And uh, we have over 6,000 right now. So thank you very much. Congratulations. People loved it. So uh, it, it'll 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 resonate. What you said well, today, let, I let me... you're really going to grip a lot of stuff. Well, and, and by the way, just uh, uh, it's only for a few hours more, I think. Uh, Jen has a, a little thing over at thejennifermack.com on, on our next launch that's coming out. It's very cool. We haven't shown it yet. We'll show it probably later in the week. But she's going to pull that down, which instead here, uh, I think, in just a few hours. But there's a, uh, if people want to get early in the line there, that's there. And it's, we aren't showing it to you yet. It's spectacular. It's beautiful. Um, Good. But the first one won't come out of the mint for, I think, another three or four days. And so when it does come out, then we'll release. But the, the early ones are on the list for having yeah, person. That's there. It's over at uh, Gumroad uh, at allpatriots.com at Gumroad, too. But uh, I always appreciate being with you there, Mike. Um and I enjoy these conversations. I appreciate letting me kind of draw it on. I appreciate your audience. Um, we'll have to talk more on this. There's a lot more to the story that you you, you got to give a bite and then you come back. And I know a lot of the other people have pieces of things, but right. try to pull all those pieces together and make it more coherent for folks as, go, as time goes on. Um, it's an important conversation that we have to have. We have to have it as Americans. We have to have it as human beings, and we have to have it as believers, uh, understanding that there is a religion that believes that they need to own the planet versus the rest of us, and they don't see a place for us. That's why you have things like the Georgia Guidestones, 13 out of 14 people need to die so they can take over the planet. Oh, no, because the carrying capacity of the planet is only half a billion. No, it isn't. That's how many of them they think they'll have 
to take over the planet and then they'll repopulate it their way. This is about uh, uh, a very Nazi mentality of, yeah. of superior race type stuff. And uh, we need to not be children about this. This is a very serious threat. All of the other stuff, whether it's the invasion at the border, um, the pesticides in the farming, the uh, biologicals, the politics, the uh, militaries being trying to set up in wars is all about getting us to wipe ourselves out so they can step into the vacuum of our own destruction. And uh, we need to recognize that threat. Um, if you want to say it's space aliens from outer space, okay, well, th their plan is, it's like an Independence Day in the movie, you know, and the aliens talking to the president, you know, what, what, what do we got to do? How can we work together? What, what do you want from us? We just want you to die. We just want you to die. That's the way this crowd thinks there is no place for us in their mentality. Fights on. Love you, bro. We'll talk again soon. All right. Love you too, bro. And the Jennifer Mac dot com guys the jennifer mac dot com right you enjoy the cruise lovely <laughs> yeah beautiful spectacular fun day yeah all right thank you all right cheers thank you so much for listening to unleashing intuition secrets the podcast until next time stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality